0: Hi, everyone. I'm Jennifer, the host of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai, where we're going to talk about the Japanese concept of ikigai or living a life of purpose. Here, you're going to hear inspirational stories from all different types of people who are finding their own life of purpose. You're going to hear about how they found their ikigai and what they do every day to live an integrated life. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai. I am your host, Jennifer Shinkai, of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai. How many times can I say it in the first few seconds? I don't know. Uh, But today, our theme, it's mushrooms and mountains. We'll go straight for it. And I am so delighted to have someone who I have been Facebook stalking for quite a long time on this very topic, the wonderful Alison Beale. Welcome. Hi. Hi. And now I've got a a few things to to say about Alison before we dive in. First of all, uh, thank you. You were the very first person that I saw on the Tokyo Marathon course. Uh, We're recording at the beginning of March and I just completed Tokyo Marathon this weekend and Alison was my first uh, spectator. And I was so happy to see someone I knew. I wasn't expecting to see her, so it was very exciting. So thank you for being out on the course. It was quite nice weather at that time of day for uh, spectating too. So It was I'm nice getting... weather,
1: and I was so impressed to see you. You looked really fantastic.
0: Yes, yeah, this, this had... was early on <laughs> in the race. My friends around the 32-kilometre mark, I looked less fantastic uh, <laughs> I'm not sure about that (laughs) but I saw the photos you look great (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you it was a great great experience but um Alison is is no slouch when it comes to using her legs and that is why um, I wanted to have her on the podcast today because I have been watching Alison's beautiful Facebook feed all these mountains of Japan and all these different heights that she goes on and I am such a city girl. So I sort of live vicariously <laughs> through uh, the pictures. And then you know, she started to change the photos that she was sharing. And there was like all these gorgeous mushrooms. And I don't think I've told you this, Alison, but when I was at school about maybe 15, 16, I think it was like GCSE art. We had to do projects of drawing mushrooms. And like really getting into like the very, um you know, the lines on like a portobello mushroom or something like that, not not the mushrooms that you were doing. So I've always been uh, secretly fascinated. And then as we're recording this in March, um, if people are uh, watching uh, TV, you might be watching The Last of Us and about the mushroom zombie apocalypse. Although we're not allowed to say the word zombie. It's not a zombie show. Infected. And how beautiful fungus is. Uh, how it also loves, I don't think we'll be getting into the zombie apocalypse today, but uh, I thought it was a very uh, of the moment discussion to talk about uh, mushrooms and, and mountains and, and what the connection to Ikigai is. You know, I just feel even through social media, Alison's passion, um, how exciting it is for her. And I just feel like, wow, she's really integrating this sense of what it means to be alive for her. So that's the big buildup. Alison, thank well. you very much for coming on the show today. So why don't you tell me a little bit, first of all, about like, what brought you to Japan? We're both from the UK originally, but what got you here to talk about Japanese mountains?
1: Ah, well, I came to Japan on the jet programme. Mm. So right after university, I went to Oxford and I came out uh, here on the jet programme and I lived in Oita Prefecture. And then I living in quite a small rural town. And then I really loved Japan. It was my first really experience of being here. And I just fell in love with the country, started learning the language and then I got a job and then I wanted to stay here. And so and then my career took over. So that's how I got here. And that's why I'm here sort of 20 25 years later or something <laughs> I've lost count of it yes
0: I know it's when you get to like okay over 20 years and then you realize oh hang on I can update my bio almost yeah. it's over 25 yeah. nearly yeah. right you're like yeah Ouch. exactly
1: oh yeah <laughs>
0: but if you doesn't want to
1: admit to yourself how long it's been <laughs> yes
0: do you remember that moment that happened when you um were like hang on I've lived in Japan longer than I've lived in the UK
1: sort of yes yeah yeah it's yes, so a yeah. weird It's weird, Uh,
0: isn't
1: it? Yeah. But good feeling. Yes. Because Japan's amazing. It's a good feeling.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a great country. And and I think, you know, when we look at it from a tourist perspective, a lot of people are really focused on these uh, big metropolises. Let's Mm. go to Tokyo. Let's go to Kyoto. Let's go to Osaka. But you have a different perspective on what makes Japan amazing. And maybe you can, first of all, talk a little bit about, like, why you started walking at all? Mm. Okay. I've, I think I've always
1: walked and I've always liked going out into the mountains. And I think what happened is I used to go out when I felt that I could. So it used to mm. be maybe once a month or once every two months. And that's as much as I thought I was really able to do in terms of my time. Right. I too busy to go more often. But then what happened is um, I got an injury and After the injury, I thought, right, I need to, um, as rehabilitation, I want to go out into the mountains once a week as a way to build back strength. Mm. And, you know, walking on uneven ground is very good for for building up muscular strength. So I thought I'll go once a week as a promise to myself. And when I started doing that as a, a kind of rule, I just quickly found out that it was, A, really, really enjoyable be that it made me feel just so much better physically and mentally. Mm. And also I found out I actually do have time to do this. It's just a question <laughs> of prioritizing. <laughs> so after that, I I just got a bit obsessed and a bit addicted. And I had to go definitely every week and probably more like two times a week, Saturday and Sunday. So oh wow. So it really built
0: up. So, so it came from, uh, you know, a start of okay rehabilitation. I should do this. I'm going to make this uh, commitment uh, to yourself. And then once you got into the habit, yes, then it sort of grew. Became. Yeah, it took over. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I was I joined. Well, as we're recording a few weeks ago, uh, Nick Kemp, who's been on the podcast twice, he wrote a brilliant book called Ikigai Can, and he had an Ikigai Summit. And in that ikigai summit the amazing uh, neuroscientist Ken Moggi was talking about ikigai in terms of the dopamine hit ah. that you get from uh, doing some kind of ikigai related activity. Mm. And so I asked a question you know can because you know dopamine I've definitely got my phone dopamine hit of the of the scrolling something happened., Ooh, I feel like I won and I asked you know can we get addicted to our ikigai and he said yes because you can be addicted to the dopamine mm. of it so maybe that's what happened to you Alison you addicted. I think it might be I I do feel it's a bit of an
1: addiction in a good way yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we tend to sort of put the word addiction with a destructive habit but this is a uh, obviously very very positive for yes. you yes, yeah yes, yes, yes. Oh, so what's the feeling for you you know when you're out in the mountains can you just Give us a sense of what it's like? Um,
1: there are so many things about it. One thing is physically being out there, and you must feel this when you do the marathon. Actually, being physically tired and feeling the blood <laughs> pulsing around your body and this hit of oxygen is physically, you said, this, the physical thing. Mm. And then I also think when I go into the mountains, I w- I never know what I'm going to find out there. I really am interested in plants and, as you say, mushrooms. and Animals and insects. And whenever I go, I always know that I'm going to find something really, really interesting, and I don't know what it is. So it's that idea of exploration and curiosity. And the other thing that I find is really good is that during the week, I've, I've, my work's quite stressful and quite busy. Mm. And I often during the week have these little work problems, and I think, oh, at the weekend, I'll. You know, I'll have time to really think them through. And then I go to the mountains and I go to the mountains and I can't think them through because when you're in the mountains, you have to focus on your physical safety, on getting where you want to go. There's so much around you. You that naturally don't think about your worries. You think about the present moment. And I actually find that's a really good way of actually finding solutions or Kind of dealing with your worries and stresses because, in a way, they force you not to think about them. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yes, it does. And it's totally, you know, when you started your sentence, I was like, oh, I know what she's going to say on this. Yeah. <laughs> <And it> totally <laughs> went in a different direction. So that's fascinating that you go thinking, you know, people say, oh, yeah, I get a lot of time to think when I'm on a run mm. or something. But actually, in the mountains, yeah, uneven ground, bears exciting exactly. mushrooms to spot uh exactly. all of these different things you yeah. can't am be I un- going what am I going to do about you know bob in accounting uh, <laughs> <Exactly>. it's furthest <laughs> thing from your mind or like how are we going to bring this on budget
1: yeah it's mm-hmm. almost kind of like an animal thing it's like how do I keep myself safe and how do I keep myself hydrated and how do I keep myself at the right temperature that sounds a bit extreme, but oh. actually, that's what you're thinking about when you're you're out there. You're thinking about much more important things to do with your physical well-being and safety.
0: And I'm, I'm yeah, another callback to uh, Ken Mogi talks about that, like being in in the moment, mm. imakoko, and um, also Dr. Akihiro Hasegawa talks about one of the feelings of ikigai, being yeah, that that sense of being in the now. And so self-actualization, which is what's kind of happening in in that space, too. I want to hang on before I talk about safety. I do want to just I know that a while ago, like years ago, maybe Mm pre-COVID, I wrote a blog about this idea of taking yourself out. It's actually there's a term for it, which I cannot remember now. So I'll have to find it. We'll put it in the show notes. But taking yourself out of the problem, creating space is often what allows like the synapses to then reconnect, whether, oh, you know, good. we're just like staring at the same Excel sheet all, all, for the yeah. whole time, like it, it take, go away, have a walk, Gosh, you know, a yes. cup of tea, talk about yeah. something totally different. And then the, the solution is more likely to present yes. itself. Yeah. It's like the sleep on it idea. But yes. Yeah. 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 Well, yours yeah. is go walk on it. Walk, yeah. on it. walk on it. Yeah. but t- So tell me about safety. Cause that's sort of one of the things that keeps me i would say keeps me from from going mm. to the mountains like especially as a single woman mm. so so tell me about how you navigate that space
1: so i built up confidence i would say so mm. after telling myself i promising myself i would go out every week and i started off going places that i knew and places that are, were fairly safe and then i built up the confidence to go confidence to go much further afield and to much more isolated places are much more difficult places so I, I think I built up confidence and I think when you go walking it's a bit like you, you know when you're driving a car it's dangerous to drive a car you could end up in an accident and kill yourself so what do you do you wear a seat belt you have mm. driving lessons you you know you you get yourself insurance you adhere to the rules of the road that sort of thing and I think really and 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 by doing that you don't totally obliterate the possibility that you might get into danger but yeah. you just manage the risks so it's mm. the same with, with walking and walking with on your own so I carry a little gps tag
0: yeah and
1: I make sure that I have a phone that's charged I leave a a route guide of where I've been you know I, I make sure I've got good equipment I make sure I've got enough water and food so I try I just mitigate
0: yeah
1: risks and you can't take it The risk totally out of it, right? But try and get.
0: But you do you do all all of the steps along the way, and as you mentioned, you know, beginning on beginner trails, yes, that are like more widely populated, and then gradually. Yeah. Do you do you ever hike with others or walk with others? Or I do, I do, I like
1: that. I do like that. I'm so I like doing that sometimes, but I also like being able to look at the weather forecast and like to. Wake up on Saturday morning and look at the for weather and think it's really sunny in Nikko, but it's rainy down in Hakone. Therefore, I'm going to go to Nikko. And if you're with somebody, you have to make a plan and you have to make a time when you're going to meet. And it's much more constrained.
0: Mm. So I think
1: they're two different types of things. Right. So I like going on my own and just exploring and deciding in the moment what I want to do. And then I also like the experience of going with people or with someone and having a you know more sociable experience and it's a different type of experience. Yeah,
0: yeah, a different, d- definitely different. I feel that like for my uh, for running as well. Yes, like running on my own. Um, I actually did for this marathon. I did more long runs on my own than I'd ever done. Um, but I had I did have the company of a, of several podcasts. So thank you to the Ringiverse uh for for their deep dives on various uh uh fandoms but then I have a running club and I love running with my running club as well like it's Mm -hmm, but as you say we're going to be in the place at the time the course is set so whereas Mm. if I just want to like yeah stop and take some photos or oh actually maybe I'll add a bit or take away a bit you it's harder to do yes with other people so yeah yeah. yeah. different different sports different things yes Mm. And, and when you like first got started so if you said like here's the beginners beginners mountain from someone in Tokyo who's like listening today what's the top I
1: think Takao-san is amazing it's so close to it's an hour it's less than an hour from Shinjuku Mm. the thing I love about um, Takao-san is there are so many different routes up it so there are some that are very very popular and I think when people think of Takao-san they think there are lots of people on it but actually when you go there I would say 80% of the people are on one route. Right. And that means there are lots of routes with hardly any people on on them or very Mm. few people on them. So I never find it a crowded mountain. I find that there are some much more famous high mountains that are a lot more crowded than Takao San can be. And then the other thing about Takao San is it's got such a rich plant and mushroom (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yes, you must get up to the mushrooms yes
0: okay.
1: yes 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 yeah so it's got such a rich kind of nature it's got so much biodiversity it's it, because mm. it's a low mountain if you get very very high mountains then you get less um diversity in the the kind of wildlife you find there but takausan san is is just wonderfully interesting and i I go there about thirty times. I climb Takao Sam maybe thirty times a year. Oh wow! And every time I feel I find something new or different, it's that's a great mountain.
0: Oh wow!
1: But there are other places like um, Tanzawa or Hakone or Nikko. There's we're so lucky in Tokyo. I most of the things I do are on a day trip. So right. In the morning, and it's a couple of hours by train or bus, and I'm out there. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's amazing to think about like going back to the same place and still discovering something new, yeah. still kind of finding that. And I I noticed from um, your social media posts, the seasonal diversity as well. Yeah. So it's always really fascinating to to see where you are and, and how the seasons are changing too. So that feels yeah. like very in the moment as well.
1: Yeah, it does. And it feels, um, when you go out every weekend, you can feel it changing every week.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, everyone there's all this debate about Japan has four seasons or not yet. but actually I think it probably has three, <laughs> almost 365 seasons
0: Is there, every... there isn't there a thing there's like a
1: micro seasons right I think so yes yeah yeah I don't know yeah. too much about it but
0: yeah you can you can google it like I, I can't remember the name of it but there's something and you can find out like <sighs> uh, I, I remember one day I went out for a run and it was like the first time to see a Jew on the grass see. and and then it said these three days are the season of dew on the grass I was like whoa yes that's interesting. I don't know about uh, global warming but that was quite impressive yeah. for me I've
1: seen yeah. that actually and I've had the same experience I think last week it was the day when I think it's called uh, I can't remember <laughs> but it's the day when the frogs start to come out and things right? start to bloom at bloom and it is true. The day yeah. before I just heard frogs for the first time. It's very, very yes. old People have a lot of wisdom, don't they? they do,
0: yeah. And and close, close looking, like observation and awareness. Yes. That, yeah, if you're just, you know, going to the station every day on your commute and you're not really looking around you and you don't you notice. You don't but notice. walking gives you a different vantage point. Yes, and yeah. as you said, because you're in this state where you know you're sort of in that survival mode, basically. Although it's not yeah. necessarily treachery on every step, but your senses are alert in a different way too. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. You're looking in the undergrowth and just aware of things
0: and yes, yeah, so and looking in the undergrowth for mushrooms. I think it's the yeah. mushroom moment okay. right now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, t- so tell me, tell me about the mushrooms
1: one thing that i i've kind of one thing that i love about the mountains and the reason i call it my ikigai is that it's really just expanded so at first it was mountain walking and mm. then i found i was taking a lot of photographs and so it was mountains and taking nice photographs and looking you know and ordering the photographs and then it was being interested in plants and flowers and then it was I discovered mushrooms and um, it was really one day I went out um, it was actually in Okutama and I went out to a a walk I knew very well and suddenly the entire forest floor was covered in the most amazing mushrooms and they seem to have come up overnight and it does happen sometimes sometimes it's like it is a bit like kind of Berry dust or something. Who could say it's not? It might be. It <laughs> might be because sometimes you just go and there's just so many of these incredible mushrooms. And I just remember this one time in particular that they were a huge big mushroom. I've never actually had that experience since to have so many really big ones <laughs> so suddenly. <laughs> and then and then you go back the next week and think, right, I'm going to, you know, I've got my book with me and I've got my, my you know, my magnifying glass and suddenly they're all gone so they come and then they go so they're they're, they're quite magical
0: oh so you know it's we're coming up to cherry blossom season and it's always you know cherry blossoms about the transients of life but maybe mushrooms yes yeah mushrooms are the things we should be looking
1: for all year round absolutely and it yeah and it particularly it makes you really think that there's a different life to the one that we know so we know the of terrestrial life we know about Mm. life above ground but when you under start to look at mushrooms you realize because most of the actual mushroom is most of the actual fungus is underground right the actual mushroom is just the fruiting body so it's just a small part that you see of the actual organism and you actually realize that there's a huge life going on that you can't see that we're not at all aware of and then suddenly you know it rains and the, the 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 conditions are right and then suddenly their world comes into
0: our world and two worlds collide <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah. amazing it's quite terrifying guys as i said i am watching the last of us with the, <laughs> oh, <God>. the <laughs> where they're all like turning uh the cordyceps are taking over people's brains and uh uh we're all they're all connected and network. but from um uh metaphor perspective I'm just thinking as well about how we show up in the world Mm. and you know yeah we only see like the fruit of the people of the mushroom (laughs) but what's going on and what are all those uh, tendrils and uh, the life that's happening for them in the back right complicated and complex yes interconnected
1: it is really quite deep when you start to think about it and Yeah, you realise there's all this stuff going on underground that you don't, that yeah. you're just not aware of.
0: Yeah. yeah. Amazing, I think. Yes, but but silence doesn't make for a good podcast, so I need to, uh, need to <laughs> ask another question. Uh, I want to sit <laughs> and think about these uh, these mushroom <laughs> tendrils going out. But, yeah. What, yeah, one of the things you'd said uh, when we were planning the podcast was talking about, yeah, this additive, not the addictive, but the yeah. additive nature of, of how your experience has changed yes uh, it just sounds so it's each step is getting richer for you
1: yes yeah yeah because now I like to go out and I've discovered mushrooms so now it's <laughs> it's also a question of um, going out finding things and then looking them up and actually researching these fungi or these plants or these insects that I'm. Seeing and then kind of, I've started writing a blog about it, and then it's just led to other things. So it just feels that everything sort of opens up and then expands Mm.
0: outwards.
1: So it's been, it's been really kind of enriching and taken me in lots of different places. It was really, I've always liked the mountains and I've always liked walking, but it really started off as just kind of walking in the mountains and totally expanded my my interests and I feel that it's continually expanding and I'm kind of interested to see where it will take me next
0: (laughs) yes I like that because so often people maybe say like oh well I don't know if that's gonna like be the thing yeah Um, well don't 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 worry about it just just try the thing first yeah and and who knows what it will open up to Yeah. next opportunity or or the next thing which is just going to make your life a bit more joyful or enriching and what i love about what you've described you know you have this this experience in nature Mm. and then you you know taking some photos and then you're going back and then you're doing this research and it's sort of deepening and then thinking about like what maybe you're like what else would i like to see what the mushrooms on my on my quest and have you have you got some must must see mushrooms or like oh. you wanna you wanna oh, track definitely. down in Japan? Oh, definitely,
1: I've got a list. Yes. Whenever I see one, it's so exciting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's the almost... what's the king of mushrooms uh, for oh, you, Alison? Oh, I I
1: can't remember the name. The there monarch so of mushrooms. Kind of interesting <laughs> ones that I that I have seen in books. That I just am kind of dying to. To, to see I'd like to see more cordyceps I've only seen one once
0: <laughs> be careful what you wish for I know I
1: don't.
0: <laughs> beautifully yeah. terrifying in the yeah. in the last of us <laughs> universe anyway
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I must I, I don't think I want to watch this program you're talking about <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I, we'll, we'll talk about it later it's yeah. It. It's, yeah yeah don't... It's, and but I mean one of the things I guess is that it's actually a, a bit like uh the conversation here you know it's 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 less actually about the mushrooms and more mm. about what the meaning is and what does it what does it tell us about like our humanity and who oh, we yeah. are Gosh. yeah with oh, some violence oh right sounds, <laughs> sounds good <laughs> tv show based on a video game
1: yeah it's not yeah no I was just gonna say it's, it's kind of nice because uh the other thing the other reason why I think see it's my kind of icky guy is that I I have I really have a busy time at work and I kind of love my work but this also provides a kind of external structure to to my life because you know I I go on a trip to the mountains on Saturday Sunday and then on you know Monday it's kind of you know debriefing researching what I've seen right maybe writing about it then about Wednesday it's kind of looking at the weather very obsessively Mm. and then (laughs) planning where I might go doing the logistics on by Friday and then going out on Saturday and Sunday so it 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 really provides a nice framework around my professional life as well yes
0: yeah like the structure the structure of it too and having that um I think you know yeah tanoshimi is a really important part of ikigai like having something to look forward to so whether it's you know the the wish list of mushrooms but also the like oh this weekend this is the trail this -hmm. is where I want to go this is you know I'm sure you do like preparing your bag yeah yeah all of those little rituals along the way as well so one of the the reasons when I asked you like yeah why would you like to be on the podcast you were like super passionate about sort of sharing Yes, sharing your story and encouraging people. So if someone's thinking, well, what should I do like what, what advice would you give someone?
1: I think the first thing is to to just kind of get out and start simply. And as I said before, I always used to think that I didn't have time and that mm. you know, I used to think, oh, no, no, I've got to clean up my house and I've got to do my washing and I've got to go and meet, you know, this person and I've got this admin to do. But then once you start going and getting hooked, you realize that actually you've got a, you do have more time in your life than you than you really think. Right. <laughs> Often. Yeah. Yes. And so I would say kind of, um, yeah, starting. Yeah. J- just kind of getting into the routine of of going out. And the other thing is, I think a lot of people don't realize what an amazingly rich kind of environment we have around us mm. and um so I think even when I when I come back and I show my photos even to you know Japanese people people who have been living in Tokyo all their lives they really surprised that this thing exists in Japan and it's just actually two or three hours away from us yeah. so I think yes there's so much out there to discover that really yeah getting out and seeing it
0: yeah so yeah
1: so important so just
0: to do just to try it just to do the first thing and and did you feel though for you because you made at the beginning did you say I'm going to go out every week until this date did you give it like a a close point for the rehabilitation piece
1: yes yeah I think I did I think I said I'm going to go out every every um, until I Feel strong again, and my injury's over. I'm going right. to go out once a week. And I thought, oh, you know, it'll be a bit of a drag, but I'm just going to stick with it. Mm. And it, it really did. Because what, what I found is I wasn't, it wasn't just physically good for it, it was also mentally good. This idea of dopamine, this dopamine. Yeah.
0: Effect.
1: Yeah. I really felt that. I felt, and I felt also, I wasn't just physically getting tired, but my mind was so. Um, f- getting so fresh and it means that when I go back to work on Monday I'm physically tired and sometimes I sit at my desk and I feel my my muscles are <laughs> hurting and I feel physically tired but I always feel mentally very fresh because if you go out into the mountains if you do a lot of exercise if you get a lot of minus you know, ion? Oxygen.
0: I want to call it is it minus ion minus eon oh yeah minus eons yes yeah yes what what is that I don't know what this is but I hear it talked about a lot
1: yeah I think like don't they I'm not sure don't they come out from I don't know the tree I don't know
0: and it's good for you right some good kind of different you. type of yes air quality okay, yes. Let's, let's edit this bit out I'm yeah joking. we'll figure it out English literature major that's all I have yeah, to say exactly. for myself
1: <laughs> yeah but it just it just makes me, it makes me feel very very motivated at the beginning of the week, right? Whereas otherwise, I can if I don't do anything, maybe I come on Sunday nights. Oh gosh, I got to go to work tomorrow, and I go into work feeling oh here you know here I go you know I don't feel as fresh as if I've had a really good break, a really good sleep, and I feel just really ready to take things on again. I feel very very motivated. So. So I just kind of realized how many positive things there were about it. Right. That's that's why I got addicted.
0: Yes. <laughs> I need to have your shameful your shameful voice at the end. Though.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah.
0: It's a good thing it doesn't seem to be harming anyone only helping <laughs> them. So uh, I think if addiction is not having those negative impacts we're we're good to go. Yes. Um, yeah, really sounds like it's enhancing that professional life and your personal yeah. life as well yeah. you know yes well, one thing we did talk about um before though when we were planning we thinking about like different types of culture of mm-hmm. like walking culture versus hiking culture versus oh, trail yes. running and you've mentioned before about understanding the the rules of the road so people mm-hmm. decide they want to go out um they make some commitment mm-hmm. okay I'm going to do it like every week for six weeks mm-hmm. something like that seems manageable is there anything else that it's really good for first time walkers in japan specifically to know
1: yeah Yeah. no i I mean i think one thing is that there are so many ways to enjoy the mountains because i think some people some people say to me they look maybe look at my facebook page and they say oh i could never do that because you know i you know maybe and sometimes it's physically or sometimes it's because they don't like heights or Mm. (laughs) some other thing but i I always think there's so many different ways that you can enjoy the mountains. You like you say, you can go hiking or you can go trail running and there are, or you know, these obvious things like mountain biking, but then you can I know some people some people when I go out, they go cooking in the mountains and they take mm. a little camp stove and they cook these amazing, they go somewhere that seems quite close and they cook these amazing Meals, you know, simple camp meals, and enjoy them out outside. Right. I know people go sort of camping, or you know, some people go up Takao San on the cape, or you know, on the train, little train. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: They just go for a little walk on the around the summit, which is on a you know fairly straight path. And I think all of those things are really, really nice ways to enjoy the mountain. And you shouldn't feel that I need to to be you know to be a mountain climber i need to climb something really really hard or do something very hardcore or i need mm. to have certain kit or i need to have a certain mental disposition i think there's just so many different ways you can you can enjoy, enjoy the mountains in different ways and mm. maybe it's just going up a cable car and or maybe you could take one of those camping chairs and yes sit in the forest <laughs> yes <laughs> and in, enjoy those negative eons or what i
0: talking about <laughs> just leave that conversation <laughs> yes chairing i believe it's called, is that, is it called we, uh, my husband bought us some chairs during uh, covid and we went to the oh. park and went chairing oh and yeah. did you enjoy it we did because it was when you were supposed to be uh you know social distancing yeah so they said if you go out like don't be near other people so if you take your own chair Oh, you can sit good. wherever you like, you know, and it's we get like a can coffee with a vending machine. Yeah. Gorgeous. Um and and sit in the park for a little bit. It was very nice. Yeah. Still have them. And now great. sometimes we uh we camp in our garage. Yeah, that's yeah, put a little fire out. Oh, neighbors think we're crazy. Fun. But that's quite quite cool too. Yeah. It is. And yeah you've reminded me so there's the biodiversity of the mountain but then there's a the diversity of experience on the mountain as well and it like reflection for myself is yeah you know running a marathon yes did i run the same marathon as those elite people who doing yeah. it you know two hours and five minutes distance wise yes yes yeah. intensity no did we have the yes. same experience no but did we all come home with a, with a medal yes but you know everyone is I, what i really like actually about being a slow runner is you do see all these different types of bodies yes, and you yeah. see all these different types of challenges that people are overcoming and and in the marathon like you realize everyone is running the race for themselves overcoming something yes yeah um, but we're all out there enjoying independent
1: yeah. <laughs> i yeah, think enjoying
0: it, people don't yeah. do
1: it again yeah <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, people. You, yeah, you you do it in a different way, don't you? Some yeah. people want to just run, like really run and be out the front, and then there's just lots of different ways you can enjoy things, and you don't have to think running a marathon or being a mountaineer means a specific thing. You can yes, there are Pampons, lots of levels, not mandatory. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I think that's really important, especially when it comes to the idea of ikigai, guy Yes. One of the challenges that researchers find is mm. it's a lived experience, right? So it isn't quantifiable, right? Yeah, in in a way which is necessarily comparable, I because see. it's um, so qualitative mm. um, in terms of how you measure it. So some, someone can't come up to you and say, "No, Alison, that mushrooms and mountains cannot be a source of guys. Not allowed." You're like, well, it is for me. So there you go. Yeah, and someone else will say, "Well, for me, it's you know doing doing something else. It's doing art, or it's mm-hmm. like uh, watching my grandchild grow up. Yeah, all yeah. all good, and yeah. all multiple different ways." Yeah, that's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's great. So um, I'm looking at at my clock and realizing I have right. to ask my final two questions. Right. Uh, which is so the first one is what's the question I should have asked you, which I haven't yet asked you. Ah, oh, okay.
1: Um, so. There's one thing when I was thinking about mountains and ikigai that I that I thought kind of what are the sort of lessons I've learned or the things that I've taken away, and one thing that I found has been really good for me. I haven't, I can't say that I've necessarily put this into practice or very well, but Mm -hmm. it's about dealing with fears. Ooh, because more. There have been a few times when I've been in the mountains where I've suddenly found myself in a situation where I'm quite scared. So I've either been at the top... I found that I'm at the top of a snow slope and it's much more snowy than I thought and I've got to get down... I can't go back, I've got to go down it. Or I've, been, I've come to a kind of ridge and it's very, very steep and mm-hmm. scary and I think I really don't want to do this but I can't go back. So really being... Affronted by scary situations. And the thing that I've really found and I've really benefited from going out walking is getting the understanding that you have to, that being fearful actually doesn't help. If you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. So if you're in, if you're in a kind of, if you find yourself in a scary, you know, dangerous situation then you, you have to somehow deal with those fears and you have to put them aside and you have to focus on getting through and getting to the other side. So you have to focus totally on where you're going to put your feet and how you're going to keep your balance and how you're going to get through this. And the voice in your head that's saying, oh, this could be terrible or you could fall or this must, you know, is actually really not helpful and you need to <laughs> somehow shut you need to shut yeah. it down and when I find I'm in a in town and I'm in a maybe a work situation I find it much more difficult to turn off the voice but when you're in physical danger you have to turn off the voice so so it's been quite it's been quite I think that kind of lesson about learning to confront fears and yeah. Work through them and turn off this voice. Or so understanding when the voice is helpful, and when the voice is not being helpful, and you need to just turn it off.
0: Right. I think what
1: sort of strategy? That's
0: brilliant. I love it. What What strategies do you have to turn that off in a moment?
1: I think when the, I think the night the thing is is that when you're physically in danger, you your rational self takes over, and so you think me having a heart r- racing heartbeat and me thinking about all the worst case scenarios could ha- that could happen mm. This needs to, to stop. I need to take a few deep breaths and I need to just focus on the task at hand and getting through it. And so it, it's, it's actually, it forces you. So I think the next step is I would like to understand better how I can apply that to other situations <laughs> because, yes, because it is sometimes, it's re- I find it hard to turn off this voice in my head sometimes that says, oh, this is really scary. This is difficult. Oh, you know, you could really, you know, fail in this or, yeah. you know, career suicide something. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, that's that's really interesting. In um, in systems coaching, there's a process where we talk about the triggered self, right? Oh, yeah. Which is this part of you which is quite rightly triggered when you're in this yeah. physical danger, saying, you know, Alison, you one foot wrong, you're down the side of here, it. it's game yeah. over, right? Yeah. Not wrong, but as you said, your rational self, or in in the systems coach, we talk about like the adult self. Oh, yes, steps in. We, un- we basically try and work out, like, what's this triggered self here? Why have they shown up? Why mm-hmm. do they not trust us to deal with this? Mm-hmm. And then it's um, sort of creating an agreement between ah. the adult self and the triggered self. So in this case, you're doing that. You're saying, okay, scared me. Got it. Yeah, it is dangerous. You're right. Yeah. Your job's done. You can go to the back now. Yeah. You've, you've hit the alarm button. Thank yeah. you very much. Thanks for your service. Now rational allison is going to put this foot and then this foot because the heart racing that you're making happen keep pressing the alarm but we don't need that anymore
1: yeah alarm's been
0: pressed so you're actually doing that
1: yeah gosh yeah that's fascinating yeah Yeah. so
0: now you know you can apply that idea to when you're in a meeting and your your nervous system is is in exactly the same way imagining (laughs) you're in exactly the same type of danger because our brains are stupid and haven't evolved to realize that side of a mountain versus yeah meeting with marketing not the same <laughs> not, not the same danger uh but but still all of the all of the same patterns are showing up so yeah you can be like okay what's this what's the danger that you're alerting me to what are you trying to protect me to yeah protect me from and then okay this is what i'm gonna do so you don't need to keep pressing the alarm button now yeah i'll give you another job yeah and then- Yeah. So you can negotiate an alliance with this triggered self.
1: Oh, yeah. That's such an interesting way to think about it. It is. And then and then, you know, afterwards, it's good afterwards when you come down and you're, you know, in the onsen and having a beer and you think, (laughs) oh, gosh, you know, that was scary. And so in future, I need to do this, this and this because that Mm. was not a nice situation. But,
0: yeah so you have that like debrief as well yeah. so, so
1: it serves a function but just not at the time <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes yes I think that's interesting too to have that idea as well I guess I'm thinking you know when you do experience some kind of extreme fear or trauma in that way then you're able to look at other things in your life and go not really a problem is it yes yeah like yeah. you've bi- you've stretched your resilience and your tolerance for challenge yes yeah that's why people do marathons right yeah wow yeah <laughs> um, but i because i'm thinking you know i remember training for a marathon a long time ago and just going i've given birth twice without <laughs> drugs i can keep running i'm fine <laughs> <laughs> i've got this like my body my body can handle this uh, yes yeah you know so, so the same thing yeah i've been i've been on this ridge yes or yeah I've come to, I, I went down that snowy path yes and, and you know with no injury and survived it so yeah i think i can hit this deadline
1: yes yeah <laughs> yeah no, it's true <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And my final question for you, Alison, thank you. That was a great question that I didn't ask, and I'm so glad that you brought it up. It's really rich. My final question is, if you have a closing message for the listeners and the watchers on YouTube of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai, what's the final thing? They only take away one thing from this podcast. What would you like them to remember?
1: I think I guess that, um, you know, I've kind of talked about what I've got from my hobby and what i've learned from it and how it's but the other thing is just really good fun (laughs) and um going out into the mountains i always have just so many nice interactions with people because you're you're out into the mountains and um you meet other people who are like you and you always stop and have really nice conversations about something and you realize kind of how nice and you know supportive people are and how you know, how, how you know, how friendly people around you are. So it's just a kind of nice, fun thing to do. That's <laughs> life affirmative.
0: Wow. That's great. A great final message. So it's also the community, the people, yes. uh, the health benefits, the impact on your professional self. So I hope that everyone who listens to this uh, goes out so i hope we're not all on the same trail um <laughs> takes a walk but even if it's just like in your local park you know really? there's many ways to experience nature um and to yeah get all those benefits that allison has been talking about so thank you very much Alison, so much for everything i hopefully we'll get like the links to your blog so people can follow all of these wonderful pictures as well and find out about the miraculous mushrooms uh planting around and of course if you know some great trails you want to recommend to Alison I'm sure she'd love to hear those as well yeah so thank you for being with us today and uh, yeah enjoy your weekend wherever you are heading out
1: thank you so it's been such fun talking to talking about
0: this (laughs) yes thank you so much Bye. bye Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope that you found something you could take away from the episode to help you find your own Ikigai and integrate it into your daily life. And I'd love to hear exactly what resonated with you. So pop over to see me on LinkedIn or on my Facebook page. You can find the links in the show notes below. And let me know what you thought was the most important takeaway from the podcast today. And sharing is caring. So feel free to share this episode with one of your friends who you think could benefit from hearing about living a life of purpose. Looking forward to see you on the next episode of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai.